What's up, everybody? Welcome to Laying the Point with Barley Bets, NFL edition, week 14. Steve and I back for our ATS breakdown. And if you thought that I was amped last week, I am beyond amped this week, man. There's so much positive things going on right now. There's other reasons why I'm amped, too. One of those days at work. But, Steve, excited to be back here with you, man. Uh, let's get right to it, man. I just want to bring this up right off the bat because this is getting serious. And I've said that before, but now it's true. And you know what? We can't believe in the jinx. You know, as sports bettors, we're so suspicious. Jinxes are not real, folks. So I'm just talking facts here. Steve and I are 42, 22 and 1 in Circa. We are on the first page, top 40, five weeks left. I mean, I am getting suspicious in my process a little bit, Steve, because like I'm trying to I'm trying to just keep all the noise out, you know, and stick to the same process that we've had every week. I think talking to you doing this every week is the thing that makes me more sure about these picks. I think that's really working for us. Uh, but so, Steve, I mean, how do you feel about that, man? I mean, we are in it. Well, I mean, seeing us on the uh, front page, it really made it a lot more real uh, for, for me today. So that, that is really exciting. But I think I think you said it best. We just got to stick to our same process, continue what we're doing. Um, we're not going to lie. We did get a little close to getting getting our picks in a little late last week. We were a little nervous that we might not have made the, <laughs> the time frame, but we, we got them in, thankfully. Having a nice four and one uh four and one day could have could have gone five and oh but i was uh i was a little too cute in my bears pick but we'll bounce back this week hopefully yeah i was in cape may new jersey lovely little town that i got married in in june um with some friends and i just realized as soon as i got there that shit i didn't put in our circuit picks yet uh fortunately it was um it's one o'clock pacific time i think they have to put it in so we still had a, a good two hours to spare but man that was whoo I, I would have, Steve, I talk about feeling bad. Like, I don't know what I would have done. I would have been, I, I, will, I probably would have cried. Um, <laughs> that being said, dude, uh, last week, a pretty good week for me. One of the best I've had in a while is nine and four overall for plus eight Ooh. units. That brings me back into the positive because uh, I was, I was, I was in the red there for a second um, in the NFL. So 87 and 85 overall. Got plus one or so units. <laughs> so uh, clawing my way back. I guess I should have been sticking to my own circuit picks every week and not doing much beyond that. Uh, but it's a good week for me. How would you do last week, Steve? I, I had pretty much just a, a push week, the same as last week. It was like it came down to one game that could have been a swing game here or there that could have put me over the top pretty well. But I went eight and seven and with the juice, nothing, nothing, um, nothing really too good, only point, point 0.15. But still – not losing any units, which is good. So I can't be too mad about that. Just looking forward to this week, hopefully getting a little more deeper into the green. Um, carrying a, a 105-81 record overall, plus 25.57 units on the season. So not too mad about the last two weeks. Just kind of sort of staying afloat. And just like I said, I just want to get back to the winning side. It's just those couple of uh, swing games that are that have been pretty big right now for me. Yeah, to be at plus 25 units at this point, if you followed Steve in every pick, you, you'd you be up 25 grand. If you put a grand on every unit he put on, uh, pretty damn good, Steve. I mean, not, I'm not seeing that in a lot of uh, – that plus unit count is is pretty high at this point in the NFL, especially how this NFL season has been. Uh, so I should mention my NBA picks. Still, hit, I'm hitting at 40, 54% right now. Uh, a little bit of regression over the weekend. I had a little cold streak, but still – still way in the plus over that plus uh nearly 12 units right now so 
And as always, you can follow all of my picks. Uh, you can sign up for my premium plays at the Oddsbreakers. You can sign up for Steve's premium plays at the Oddsbreakers. That's the oddsbreakers.com. Follow the Oddsbreakers on Twitter as well. Follow me and Steve on Twitter at Snorm Snorm on Twitter. That's S N O R M twice. At Chris R. Farley one on Twitter is me. Farley Betts, as you know me. And also follow Sports Wager University at Sports Wager U on Twitter and at BetUSTV, which is the NBA show that I'm on four days a week to talk NBA picks. You can see some free picks there. I'm actually, I'm 41 and 24 on that show. So something is good about that show for me. I'm hitting like Ooh. 65%. Yeah. Hopefully that can keep, it's probably not going to keep up, but uh, so, so far so good for that one. Uh, and, I, and I should say Sports Waging University is a, just an unbelievable concept where we're trying to teach people how to bet like the pros. And that is growing and growing and growing behind the scenes. Next year, I think it's going to be just amazing. So check that out and affiliate yourself with that if you want to learn more about how to bet like the pros. All right, my man, 14 games again. We got four teams on by, including your Eagles. So let's start with Thursday night football Steelers at the Vikings. Uh, Steve, one thing I forgot to do before this pod was recheck all the lines. So keep me honest if anything has changed. Uh, Steelers at the Vikings, uh, Vikings minus three and a half at home. Totals at 43 and a half. Guess I'll go with this one first, man. Steelers fresh off that big win against the Ravens. Uh, that didn't surprise us. We were both thinking about taking the Steelers in Circa. You know, Ravens are kind of phony, I think, and we'll get to that later. But a uh, good win for the Steelers at home. Big Ben showing some an ode to his past a little bit. Steelers offense coming together. Deontay Johnson was awesome in that game. Um, Joe Hayden got in. He's been injured, so keep an eye on his injury. He could be available on Thursday. That would be a big addition for the Steelers' defense against the pass. Uh, big Big Ben should play, even though he's been limited at practice. You know, he always plays. And it looks like Cook and Thielen will probably be out in this one. Um, so just awful loss by the Vikings last week, man. I mean <laughs> – I'm not going to admit on here or anywhere how many units I lost on the damn Vikings last week. I mean, that was horrendous. Uh, had them in teaser, had them in a parlay. That's why you shouldn't play too many teasers and parlays, folks. Uh, stick to the ATS picks. But that being said, I fell victim to that, and what a bad loss for the Vikings. Good win for the Lions, you know, giving up that win uh, to that school. I forget the name of the school, uh, but, you know, giving the game ball to them, so to speak. So that's a good win for Michigan. Uh, but man, there go the Vikings again, Steve, like full of talent, just a, just a really good team on so many levels, it appears. And then they, and then they go to Detroit and they lose to the, to the fucking lions. I mean, I, I don't even know what to say about that. Uh, makes me want to bet on the Vikings cause they're coming off that loss. Makes me want to fade the Steelers cause they're coming off that win. But again, Steelers, if they're getting healthy on defense could really, really limit the Vikings on this one. I kind of like the under for that reason, but this is in the dome. Vikings at home, Kirk Cousins though in the bright lights. We know that narrative doesn't always shine. Uh, right now, I don't really have a surefire pick on this one. I don't. I, I don't really like this game to bet, Steve. What do you got on it? Well, yeah, these are two teams that are definitely going to play to each other's competition level. So that could either be a sh absolute shootout or it could be a very slow in the making type of game where we're not going to see a lot of scoring at all. Um, the one, the one thing and the one that narrative I'm looking at this week is. Around this time last year is where we saw the Steelers sort of unravel and fall apart after starting 11-0, and Big Ben started to look a little little too sluggish and tired. I'm just wondering if that's going to play um, at all, play out the same way this year in the sense of, especially this week, uh, it's a short week. Um, they 
the uh, Steelers played later on Sunday. Now they have to come back and play later in the season here on a Thursday. I, I don't know if I can see Big Ben being exactly totally on his game, especially at his age. And as he said, this is his last season. So that might be one angle I'm looking at, just the fact that we might see that old, you know, slow Big Ben trying to recover through the week. I know the Steelers did take off practice on Monday trying to get some of that recovery time. Um, like we said, we know Kirk Cousins isn't the uh, isn't the best on – in the bright lights, primetime games on Thursday night football, he uh, he has a two and five record, where Big Ben has a nine and five record. But Pittsburgh, on their last six against the NFC North, is one and five against the spread, and Minnesota against the AFC North is four and two against the spread. So I'm I'm gonna kind of right now lean on that um on that narrative that I described with Big Ben and the Steelers, just you know, kind of gonna have a short week and not not a spry to be able to recover as quickly and i think minnesota could jump out on top of them and and look for uh in your dfs look for justin jefferson to get a very heavy workload in this one yeah he's a beast all right let's go raiders at chiefs to start off the sunday slate steve uh chiefs are minus nine and a half at home totals at 48 yeah, I mean, the Chiefs looks like they've turned a corner now, and they're kind of flying under the radar. No one's really talking about them. Everything's Patriots, Patriots, Patriots right now in the AFC. This is a team, as we know, that is very, very capable, can score quickly still, and having Chris Jones back has made a huge difference for them. Um, the Raiders, for me, are just really just too inconsistent at the moment. Uh, they go into Dallas, they show up one week, and then they have a huge letdown. What I thought was a letdown against Washington, being that they were at home. I uh, The only thing, is, it is the division game, but you know, Kansas City already met up with the Raiders once this year and handled them pretty well. Do the Raiders recover um, and bounce back this week going into Arrowhead? I don't think so. I think the Raiders are who they are now at this point. I don't think they're exactly a juggernaut. They lost uh, – they lost Drake for the season, so their their running back depth just isn't there now. And the Chiefs, they might, I think they finally have found themselves in the in the season that is now really starting for them in a sense that they're they're ready and preparing for the playoffs push that they're about to go on. Yeah, I, I gotta agree with you on that one, man. I mean, so Darren Waller too is day to day with a little knee injury. I don't I don't know if he's gonna be out of this one, but um and also something to mention there. I mean, Darren Waller is up for Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. I mean, good for him coming from some of his uh, troubled background. What a what a turnaround for that kid. But, yeah, man, I, I have to pick the Chiefs here, I think. I mean, defense has really stepped up lately, Steve. Chiefs have allowed a total of 56 points the last five weeks. That's 11.2 points per game allowed against some good offenses. That's impressive. They maybe have turned the ship around there with their defense. That's That's really good for the Chiefs heading towards the playoffs. You know, Raiders couldn't even beat the football team last week at home. They got that good win against Dallas before, but the same old flawed Raiders team, if you ask me, Steve, just like you said, um, that's an organization that maybe they had a good week on Thanksgiving or whatever, but I I think they're terribly flawed. I think we know who they are. Uh, Chiefs last time whooped the Raiders in Vegas, 41-14, outgained them 516-299. to So maybe that's an angle if you want to go with the Raiders for some revenge here, but I don't think so, man. The Raiders are back to third in the AFC West, losing steam after that hot start. I can only lean the Chiefs here at home. We saw what they did last week. The Chiefs seem to be locked in to playoff football, and that's not a good thing for the Raiders. Could be a circuit pick, Steve. I, I mean, I really like the Chiefs again this week. All right, Saints at the Jets. 
Uh, Jets plus five, totals of 43. Taysom Hill has that mallet finger going on. Apparently, it's not as bad as Russ, so he could play through it. Uh, Alvin Kamara should be back. Uh, he's questionable right now, but I imagine he will be. You know, Corey Davis on IR for the Jets. But the Jets are just absolutely depleted. Um, you know, Saints lost to the Cowboys in Thursday Night Football last week, but so they have some extended time off here. And the Jets are just bad. I mean, we saw the Jets fight against the Eagles last week a little bit, but then Garner Minshew just made them look like, I mean, he threw all over him, man. You you had to be loving that. Um, so it, I just, you know, Saints off a loss. The Saints have lost five in a row, Steve. I mean, this is this is still a proud organization. Now it's up, you know, it's up at MetLife. Uh, so I don't know what the weather's going to be like. We should probably check on that. But like, you know, so maybe I, I would like the under if the weather's going to be a little rough. Um, you know, because these two teams just haven't done much on offense whatsoever so far, and the Saints can still play a little defense. But I would have to lean to the Saints here, if anything. Saints still a proud organization who's who's going to win. I want to win a little bit more, I guess. Whereas the Jets don't look. I don't see any hope in the Jets. I I, I don't know if you saw something in the last week, Steve, against the Eagles, but. This is a team when if you're only getting them at five, you know, like a formidable NFL team that is only getting five points. I feel like that's a a short line against the Jets team that just sucks. I mean, it just it just is what it is. And and that's the exact exact thing. My narrative last week, which actually really saved me. Um, I uh, I bet, I bet the Eagles minus six and a half, and then got the news that Hertz was out, and the line jumped down to five. So I took them again um, because I just. I felt like the Eagles, like that organization just should absolutely roll over the Jets. Fortunately, it did. The Jets showed up in the first half, though, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. You know, there there was some positives that they just regressed tremendously in the second half. Key, uh, Alvin Kamara, he um, he uh, pr- looks like he practiced on Wednesday, limit, limited, and looks like he'll be back. So, like, you know, that's going to um, be a huge, a huge, uh, pickup back for them but mark ingram looks like he's back on the COVID list now too so their depth is pretty limited there in the running back department but but again you know the the one thing for me is okay what, what type of Taysom hill are we going to get you know some of his passes credit credit to him because for all intents and purposes I, I he's he's not really a true quarterback in this league i think we know that by now but some of his passes are NFL throws. We know he can get it done very well with his with his legs, but I I just don't know if this game could get could get ugly, like you said, uh, depending on what the weather would look like and things like that. But if it is more of a ground attack style game, the Saints you just gotta you just gotta lean on the Saints. I think a lot more here with uh with Peyton as as the head coach, just with with their style. Taysom Hill getting that one week in of actually playing quarterback because he came in cold to that game pretty much. So now that he has one week back at quarterback and they were very much well in it against Dallas, you know, they just couldn't finish drive. So you, you have to think that the Saints should, this is a game that they know they can win. They haven't won in a while. They are, I think, overall a better team and their defense, you know, can still, you know, make the type of place to put uh, Zach Wilson on his back rush rush throws kind of like what we saw philly do in the second half make those mistakes and and get out of there with a with a win i think pretty handily steve you're everything you're saying is making me want to pick the saints even more you think this could be a circuit pick possibly it's just you know the Taysom hill at quarterback right now especially now now you're adding a finger to it though yeah that 
like it's just uh it's I mean, just you could put little... Simeon in there from time to time, I guess. Yeah. yeah, granted, it is a I think it's his pinky. So, you know, me being an expert quarterback myself, I was trying to hold a football <laughs> without you, my pinky. And you know, maybe he could get away with it a little more, you know. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got you can't make me laugh, Steve, because I've had this cough for two months, and then every time I laugh, I, I freaking cough. Uh, but yeah, man, I mean, everything you said just adds on to what I was saying, even even more so. It kind of makes me want to be a little frisky here and put a little more on the Saints than I thought, because at least when you get Kamara back, they can be even more creative, right, with those run plays mm-hmm. and option plays. So uh, possibly a bigger pick there than I thought. And I'm going to pause the podcast here for one second. Not actually pause it, Steve, but I said I was going to do something at the start of this podcast that I already forgot to do. I mean, there's just so much to talk about. I just want to thank mm-hmm. all of our listeners. Uh, we're getting a lot of positive feedback from you guys. Uh, actually, got a lot of positive feedback about the about the fact that I had to go piss last week. Uh, a lot of people enjoyed that little uh, segment there with you and I, Steve. Uh, uh, <laughs> Don't worry, guys. I pissed before the show this time, so it should, it's not going to happen this week. Uh, but we just, you know, we've been hearing a lot of great feedback from you guys. Please send in your questions. Keep that feedback coming, even if it's not positive. But we appreciate all the positive feedback and all the viewership and listenership. I mean, we love doing this every week, and the fact that we're finding success is just, I mean, it's like a dream, man. It's incredible. So thank you to all of you for listening, and I got to make sure that I say that more often. Yeah, thank right. you guys very much. Yeah. All right, Jags at the Titans, Steve. Sending this one to over to you again. Titans are minus eight and a half. They're back after a bye. Totals at 43 and a half. Yeah, you know, I was actually kind of surprised that this line was just was this big, just um just for the pure fact, you know, we haven't really seen too much out of Titans lately. So that kind of just tells me something. That kind of tells me I think that this is one of those games, Titans coming off of a bye. They're gonna be able to, they're gonna come out and show up. I saw that. Uh, Julio Jones was uh, activated from the IR. Not sure what his role will be going forward this week, if they're going to slowly work him in or if he's going to be a full go yet, yet to be seen. But they are getting a little healthier in the wide, wide receiver department there. Their um, they're running back in Hilliard has kind of showed up um, as, as of late as well. So, you know, trying to replace Derrick Henry, who they obviously heavily leaned on. Was I right about that? Were they on a bye last week? Titans were, yes. Yeah, okay. I yeah, couldn't yeah. remember. I thought they got so. beat okay. by the Pats, and then they, yeah, and then they That's had a bye. What it was. Right. Yeah. yeah. So and the, so like this line being this, this big for me, it kind of it kind of makes me think that you know it's one of those numbers that we're gonna look at and be like, oh wow, Titans have haven't been too good. That's a lot of points, even though it's the Jags. Let's lean towards the Jags, but I I think the uh, Titans are gonna really uh really really bounce back after. After having a buy, you know, Vrabel coming from that Patriot background, I think they know how to handle buys and things like this very well. He's, I think he's a very good coach, have his team ready, prepared. And at this point of the season, you know, what a, the only way the Jags show up is if it's just one of those weird games, but they're going to be on the road. They were just in L.A. Now they have to travel to Tennessee. I just don't really see a, a – uh, what what the Jags can do, even without the Titans having Derrick Henry. It's, looking at the quarterback play, you know, I just don't think Trevor Lawrence is a hundred percent there yet to take this team to the next level and continuously win or even cover for that matter. So I like the uh, Titans in this one. Yeah, there's, there's some synergy going on here, Steve. Totally agree with everything you said. I mean, even though the Titans are just so depleted on offense, and that would be interesting if we see Julio Jones come back. Uh, I mean, uh, coming off a week's rest or two weeks rest, they're at home. 
And, you know, so that gives them time to adjust to maybe like a, a new approach, a new perspective about how, how they're going to start winning some games because Rabel, Rabel knows. I mean, their offense knows that they're missing so many key parts right now, so they have to compensate for that. You give this team two weeks to figure it out, and they've showed that they're a sharp enough organization where I think they can do that. You know, Jaguars got predictably beaten down by the Rams last week. That was a circuit pick for us. Good to see that happen. And Trevor Lawrence, man, he seems to be regressing to me. I mean, you know, he's not in a great setup there in Jacksonville, Lord knows. But I think he's only thrown like one touchdown pass in the past five weeks. I mean, nothing's jumping off the page for the for the Jaguars for me. Uh, you know, Titans, I think they can figure this out. This is that time of year where they have to, right? And, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know all the ATS stats behind it, but can't you just picture, I mean, how many times have we seen this version of the Titans in the cold as the weather gets cold? going towards playoff time, and they show out. Their defense shows out, and they play a lot better. I think the under makes a lot of sense here. Two two offenses that probably can't do a lot. You know, two defenses that may, you know, especially in the Titans that are going to be able to do a lot more. And, th- and those divisional games, folks, I mean, again, so I, I should have some ATS stats here in front of me, but I know it's true. These division games, especially towards the end of the year, these unders hit a lot. Mm-hmm. So 43 and a half is not the lowest number you can get. I like the under here. And I also lean towards the Titans. Okay, Ravens at the Browns. This is one I feel strongly about, Steve. So Marlon Humphrey, latest injury for Baltimore as they are getting more and more depleted on defense. And Lamar Jackson is just carrying way too much of the load for that team. I mean, that if that wasn't evident last week, you know, sometimes they can get away with it and everybody celebrates Lamar Jackson like, holy shit, what a superstar he is. It's true, he is. I mean, an incredible athlete, but it's – kind of starting to be obvious now that Harbaugh and that offense has to compensate a lot. I mean, they have to get really cute. They have to put it in his hands a little too much. Baker Mayfield and the Browns are coming off some rest, coming off a bye. The Browns lost before the bye to the Ravens in Baltimore, 16-10 in Week 12. This is a revenge spot for the Browns. The line is under a key number of three. We know who both these teams are. The Cleveland Browns are an extremely talented team. They just have flaws in their game. Baker Mayfield certainly has his flaws in his game. But, Steve, I don't believe in the Ravens, man. I really don't. I think they're too injured this year, starting with the very start of the year where they lost, uh, you know, what's his name, the running back, a second-year running back. Um, you know, uh, Steve, I mean, this is a Ravens team I think is just overcompensating at this point. The Browns, this is a great setup for the Browns. You got revenge. You got the bye. They're at home. It's going to be one of those scrappy, dirty games. The under is probably going to hit again because that's just what hits in these games. Steve, I think the Browns, I might try to petition for them to be a circuit pick because I Ooh. like them a lot in this spot. What do you say, buddy? Wow, I'm actually I'm actually really surprised by that. Just really? because of our yeah, just because <laughs> of our take on Baker Mayfield all the time. Yeah. You know, the one thing I was thinking for this game specifically, like, yeah, Humphrey's out obviously for the year, but you know, how, how much does that really affect them against the, uh, the Browns with Baker's throwing ability, but <laughs> no, but we'll uh, um, looking at the, you know, the Browns are pretty b- b- banged up too. Uh, they just put uh, Najoko on um, IR, I believe as well. Um, Landry didn't practice today following a, uh, his, with his uh, knee issues that he's been carrying on all year as well. And then also their other tight end, Harrison uh, Bryant, didn't practice today either. So we know what the what the Browns are about. They're about their run game. So I, I think in this one, and we saw it already um, from the first matchup that they only ha- that they had a, what two weeks ago. 
and as you already talked about, unders, divisional matchups, they've been hitting a lot. I could see this being a, just a slow ground and pound type of game. And if it is that type of game, like you said, I, I could see, you know, the Browns maybe being able to etch this one out. But at those key numbers being two and a half, three, you gotta you gotta really like the fact that the Ravens do have a field goal kicker and Justin Tucker, who is a, a key playmaker that can definitely change courses of games and things like that with having the the capabilities and the clutchness of his of his um field goals, especially in windy atmospheres such as Cleveland. I started to look up the weather for the Sunday. It looks like it's on, it's on, it's gonna be sunny. 44 degrees as a high and 15 mile per hour wind, no precipitation. So this should be a full go game. Really nothing too tricky about it. Uh, it's a really tough one for me. I, I'm no, I don't know if I'm sold on the, uh, on the Browns Browns pick, but if, if you're, if you're as bullish as I was on my bears pick, I'd have to let you take it. Cause you let <laughs> me take that one. <laughs> but right now I'm definitely, definitely leaning on that, that under for sure. Yeah, Steve. Steve felt bad because of his uh, bullishness on the Bears last week. Steve, we we haven't quantified how many times I've done that to you, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> you know, a four and one is a pretty damn good week. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a tough game. It's definitely a tough game. One one that hey, uh, subscribe to our premium picks and you'll see exactly how we feel by the end of the week because it's it's definitely one of those games where it's tough. I mean, it's it's a divisional game, well, right? Yeah, and well, I mean, the other thing is though too. Um, if if Lamar completes that two point conversion and the Ravens win, do you feel the exact same then? Right, it's true. You know, so they and they were they were on the road for that game. So I mean, you're right. It's back to back road games in the yeah. division. That's tough. That's tough. So it's tough. And and I think you know I think Lamar and the Ravens just kind of get away with that sometimes, right? Like they they pull games out because of his brilliant because of Lamar's brilliance because mm -hmm. Harbaugh's a great coach. You know, they have a good system there, but I think they're getting a little lucky sometimes. And, and you know, last week it didn't pay off. I mean, they, you know, it's not like the Steelers are are a, a premier team this league, right? And they, the game shouldn't have been that close probably if the Ravens are as great as, as everybody once said they were. I'm not, I'm not sure they are. Um, if my yeah, mic right. is cutting – yeah, if my mic is cutting out anybody, that might be my heat turning on and off. You know, there always has to be some kind of technical bullshit on this podcast, but hopefully you guys can hear me well. We'll try to correct that on the back end if not. All right. Falcons at the Panthers. Panthers minus two and a half. Totals at 42 and a half. What do you got here, Steve? Well, Cam Newton will be will be be starting. As Matt Rule said, he anticipates him to uh, be a be a go for the Falcons. You know, this is a this is definitely a riveting game. I think everyone's really excited to see this one. <laughs> Falcons and the Panthers. But um yeah, I I think honestly the the, the Falcons. They, they've they've been a team that's been very up and down and kind of hard to pin this year. Uh, Cordero Patterson is obviously someone who they really lean on. You know, against the against Tampa Bay, they were in that game the whole like I would say seventy five percent of it. Like they were going back and forth with them pretty well, and then they just of course fourth quarter let it get away from them in typical Falcon style. I just think that the the uh, that Carolina is a little too one dimensional now. They don't have Christian McCaffrey, Cam Newton, as we know, really can't throw the ball that well. He's going to be running the ball a lot. I I don't see it, how they're going to be able to really move the ball that well, and uh, in a sense, long term, could they beat the Falcons? Yeah, they definitely could beat the Falcons, but this isn't the answer. This is an expensive. Um, expensive uh, rental to bring in Cam Newton this year for the Panthers, but 
I actually, I think getting the points, I like the Falcons. I think Matt Ryan is more capable, a more well-rounded, capable quarterback. Falcons still have some weapons that they can utilize with uh, Cordero Patterson. And I, I just don't, I just see the Panthers being a little too one-dimensional with Cam Newton. Their defense is, however, they can show up sometimes. It's kind of a ugly game, obviously. Again, this might be one you want to lean on the under because I don't really see the Panthers being able to exact uh, to really, you know, blow the doors off the Falcons. And it could be one of those games where Matt Ryan just can't get it going at all either, and it, the under could hit rather easily in this one. Yeah, I like what you said there. Rather expensive rental, right? I mean, maybe the Panthers thought that they were going to get a sports car and they got like a 1998 Oldsmobile or something. You know, it just hasn't. It's not going to pay off. You know, that was somewhat predictable in the first game he played that he played well, but uh, he's showing who who he really is and who we all probably thought he was at this point in his career. He used to be a great player, not so much anymore. I mean, both of these teams. You know, Steve, you said it. I mean, both teams have lost three out of the last four. You know, the Dolphins just trashed Carolina last week. We had them in Circa, so kudos to us, I guess. Good spot for the Dolphins. But, but you know, Falcons can't keep games close anymore, even in their division at home like last week. Uh, you know, Falcons are, are are not the team of the past that we could trust to keep games close and be competitive and, you know, just air the ball out and, and score points. So it's just one of those games I just want to stay off of. You know, you, you can invest your money in so many better things. These teams are unpredictable. These teams are not good. Carolina's defense is probably the best unit on the field. So maybe an under since it's outdoors, but I don't imagine North Carolina at this time of the year is going to be that bad. Uh, so maybe lean Panthers here, but I, 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 I advise betters to probably just stay away from this one. I mean, it, it just feels like you're going to lose money. All right. Cowboys at the Washington football game. Interesting one here, Steve. We got NFC East teams who don't look now, but the football team is right there in the race. I mean, they're six and six, I believe. Um, you know, four point dogs in this one. I'm not sure if I said that. Totals of 48. Uh, Washington football team won four in a row, and they are holding opponents to under 20 points per game in the last five games. And that's against some quality opponents, too. Like we know, that started with the Tampa Bay Bucks. So the Washington's finally playing a little bit of defense here. Heineke feeling himself. They're, you know, they're doing some things on offense. They got some. They got some young talent there. I mean, we've already known that, you know, but uh, but some guys kind of coming out of the woodwork uh, there too, like McKinney, who I think is a little banged up actually. But Redskins making – excuse me, the football team is making things happen. Dallas got a good win last week, but they need to pick it up, man. I wasn't that impressed by Dallas last week. Like they won the game, but they didn't do anything that extraordinary or they didn't really do anything that blew me away against the Saints. Now, I will say Pollard clearly has more burst than Zeke at this point. I mean, I, I, I think that's pretty obvious. So I think we're going to see Tony Pollard more of a part of their offense, and that's a good thing for Dallas because they don't seem to shy away from that. C.D. Lamb is an absolute difference maker. I mean, I, I love C.D. Lamb. He is fun to watch. So that offense alone is reason to like the Cowboys. I mean, we've seen what they can do at the start of the season. I mean, Micah Parsons in, in conversation for not only – uh, rookie of the year, but defensive player of the year. I mean, he has been awesome this year. So the Cowboys just have like more, you know, big time talent in these spots, but it is a divisional game and you're getting over a key number of three. This one, I'm still kind of going back and forth on. I kind of like the under again in this one because 48 is high for an NFC East battle. And these offenses haven't been very consistent. 
I kind of want to take Washington, Steve, because of how they've played and, and, and that it's plus four should be a close game. But can I really trust Washington? I know they've won four in a row, but it just feels like Dallas, right? Like eventually Washington's one of those teams that's going to trip over their own feet, falter, because they're not really a great team. Uh, what are you seeing here for this one, man? Well, I mean, just from looking at it, uh, from the perspective of us as a whole, if we would have said this in the beginning of the season, as we how we started the Cowboys, how the Cowboys started this season, we would never even thought this line would be in anywhere near this point of the year, close as as four. We would have think the Cowboys would be, you know, maybe seven, eight, even though they're on the road against Washington at this point in the year, especially, you know. Fitzpatrick goes down and Heineke's coming in for the whole season. No way will we have thought that Washington would be competing this high for even the second wild card spot to even the division at this point, because this is a huge division game for the, these two teams now. But there's one thing we always know: Cowboys just have been dominating Washington in the in the last ten to fifteen years, absolutely dominating them. And I think it continues. I one thing. Is Cooper Amari Cooper last week? He he played, but I don't think he was a hundred percent over that COVID illness. I think he was still kind of a shell of himself, and I think he's going to be more of a go. And I think that will really open up this Cowboys offense. And you made a good point. You know, Zeke is not a hundred percent. He says oh, Tony Pollard is more of the number one now, and he has that burst. He has that quickness. He sat out today for practice with a because of a foot injury. However, they said he's fine. He should be full go. I think. I think the uh, Cowboys are just too much talent, too good of a quarterback and Dak. And I think we're getting a little too ahead of ourselves with Washington being a team that's going to actually be able to compete for this division. I like that, Steve, because something I had one of those gut feelings like, I guess I should take Washington here because of how they've been playing and with this line, but damn sure don't want to. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just no. one of those things we haven't yeah. thought about. So, okay, Seahawks at Texans. Texans plus seven and a half at home. Totals at 41 and a half. So the Seahawks, they uh, kind of surprised um, surprised me anyway last week coming out, out of nowhere being able to put points up on the board. You know, they, they've been struggling as of late. One thing is I'm looking at, you know, 60, 66% of um, the bets so far are on are on the Seahawks and that line has only really moved since it opened up a half a point. So that, that that's not too uh, substantial of, of movement here. I don't know if Seattle's going to kind of revert and regress a little bit here. We're at that key number of seven for Houston. We know Houston can be a little feisty sometimes, but they haven't really been doing it as of late for us though, either. You know, I was really big on them against the jets. It was a complete letdown. Uh, Colts went in there and just handled them rather rather easily for for a division game, and I know Tyrod Taylor I think got um got benched for that game. I'm not sure what their status is if they're going to go with Mills or if they're going to be back with uh, Tyrod this week. But at the end of the day, you know, and I, I'm really big on Russell Wilson, and I think I still think he's the a uh, um, a top ten quarterback in this in this league. Uh, maybe not this year, but overall in his career. Um, 
And for me, it's a lot of quarterback play. I just, I just think Seattle does have a lot of talent, specifically on offense, that they could put numbers up. We saw it last week. They got into a good divisional game against San Francisco, who has been a hotter team in the league. So maybe that was the type of game that could kind of jump um, start them in this last uh, five-game stretch for them. So they could maybe try to make a last-second ditch effort uh, uh, push to get that third wild card spot somehow. Crazier things have happened. So I, I think I'm right now leaning over to Seattle at the seven and a half. Yeah, I wanted to take the Texans here just because of the number and like what have the Seahawks really done lately? That was a good win for them last week. Steve, you talk about two bad beats. I had the Vikings and San Francisco just just to win. Just to win. And both yeah. of those situations, like San Francisco playing well. Forget about it. They go to Seattle. Seattle all of a sudden has an offense. Um, and, and you know, we already talked about the Vikings. But anyway, yeah, Tyrod Taylor, he has, he has torn ligaments in his throwing wrist, so that might have something to do with the reason why he was taken out. I don't, I don't know. I didn't watch that game. Uh, but, you know, these these Texans, man, they've lost eight. Eight of the ten games that they've lost, they've lost by margin, like way more than seven and a half in most cases, more than seven and a half in all those cases, and eight out of ten this year. So when the Texans get beat, they get beat. Uh, but then at the other, uh, on the other hand, the Seahawks, you know, they win one game. I, I don't know if I changed my mind about them. They still have a lot of flaws. The 49ers did better than the Seahawks in a lot of categories last week. Just too many penalties, uh, three turnovers at inopportune times. So I kind of still want to take Houston here, but not if Davis Mills is on the horizon. And, you know, the Seahawks, I agree with you, uh, still a buttoned up organization. Maybe it's the end of the Pete Carroll and, and Russell Wilson era. So they want to go out strong at least. So I don't really have a play because the line is where it is. And, you know, this, at the end of the day, this, the sport of sports betting, if you can call it that, it's more about the number than anything else. And I, I just don't love this number. So probably not going to play on this game. Our right, Lions at the Broncos. I think Steve and I both feel the same way about this one. So Lions off a big win last week. That's one of those wins where you just you need to get it. As a team in the season, you need to win one game, right? Dan Campbell needs to win one game. Goff wanted to win one game. They got it. They got it at home. They got it at home against a divisional opponent. The letdown spot after that is massive. I mean, you're going to deflate incredibly after a win like that. And just because the Lions won last week, this is still a very bad team. One win all year. Swift now has a shoulder injury. We're not sure if he's going to play. Uh, and point blank, as soon as I saw this line, I was like, you know, unless it was like 10 or 12, which I knew it wouldn't be, I want to play on the Broncos here. The Broncos got beat. They got, they got, I mean, really beat on, on offense last week. The Kansas City defense keeping them in check all game. Uh, you know, Broncos, they still have a shot in the playoffs, Steve. They're right there with the Raiders tied for third. Still a very solid defense, top 10 in a bunch of defensive categories. They cannot stop third downs. That's the one area on defense where they're like 29th and third down conversion on defense. Not not too scared of that about against Jerry Goff and the Lions. So, you know, up in Denver, up at elevation, a dome team like the Lions coming off that big win, going into Denver. Hopefully it's going to be cold. We got to check the weather on that one. But I kind of like the Broncos in this one, man. Yeah, and that's exactly it for me. I really like the Broncos here. Like everything you said uh, verbatim, we're they're they're coming off a high. The Lions are coming off this high. They they finally got their win. They're feeling really good, and it, it just seems like it's going to be a perfect letdown spot for them. 
Swift still won't be back. Broncos are getting their running back uh, back in Melvin Gordon, so they're going to have more depth there to go with uh, Javante Williams, who we saw had that breakout run last week against the, the Chiefs, who kind of made the game close there for our cover. Made me a little nervous for a second. But the at altitude, in the cold, it's a dome team. It's not a really good team. I think this is all is setting up perfectly for the Broncos to just, you know, let remind the Lions who they are, not to get a little too ahead of the ahead of themselves. Teddy Bridgewater, as we know, is still uh, a very competent quarterback. Golf has shown flashes, but again, I just think on the road they've uh, the uh, the Lions have been home back to back. They were in the bear home against the Bears on Thanksgiving had that kind of long week then since that Thursday, they got to be home again. So they haven't had to be out outdoors lately. They haven't had to travel. So this is just a great letdown spot for them more so than I think it's just more of a great letdown spot for the lions than, you know, the Broncos just being that astronomically better. Plus the line is the line's pretty big considering a team coming off a win versus a team that just lost. So I'm going to lean on the Broncos for sure on this one. Yeah, I would love to. I would love to see if there's some line movement on that one that suggests that we should take the Broncos even more because I could see, I could see the public kind of buying into the Lions after that a little bit. And if that line's not moving, ooh, that's that's a sign. That's a red flag. All right, I guess I'll take this one because it's my uh, future Giants. Giants at the Chargers. Chargers minus ten and a half, probably as they should be. Totals at forty four. Uh, Eckler is a little banged up, uh, but I, you know, he might play. I mean, he's probably going to play in this one if it was a big game, but I could see the Chargers maybe sitting him since it is the Giants coming to town. Um, Keenan Allen on COVID 19. Galladay, Tony, and Shepard could return for the Giants. Uh, I'll be honest with you, man. Uh, Jake Fromm, right, is probably going to start a quarterback for the Giants. Glennon under concussion protocol. Uh, Daniel Jones, doubtful. So Jake Fromm who was on the Bills. I think he was like the fourth roster spot and then shot over to the Giants. Something scares me about this game, about taking the Chargers, Steve. You know, the Giants are just a strange team. The Giants could look – the Giants – I think the reason why the Giants fool a lot of people is because when the Giants – like three times a year, the Giants look like a very formidable team. They're like, wow, they're they're pretty good on defense. They got Saquon. You know, they can score some points. DJ can run. That's what they do. And this feels like now there's no DJ in this one, but Saquon is healthy. He's you know he's locked in. He's like staying late after practice. Uh, this is a this is a big line, and the Chargers just got the win, a great win against the Bengals, impressive win against a good team in the Bengals. And now it's at ten and a half. Now I'm not saying I'm I'm damn sure not taking the Giants in circa. I'm, I'm not I am not doing that again. However. I probably, because they're an NFL football team and because the Chargers are inconsistent and because this is a weird spot and we don't know who who Jake Fromm is, uh, man, I kind of want to sneakily backdoor pick the Giants for this one just to cover maybe one unit, uh, nothing big. But, you know, I mean, essentially, the first angle I had on this game, Steve, was that the Chargers should blow out the Giants and the Giants can't keep up. And that might very well be what happens. I mean, that's that's the most obvious thing that's going to happen here. But it's just – I just have – as a Giants fan, like you do on your Eagles, Steve, just got a weird feeling. And, and that's fair. That's that's a real thing. Yeah. Um, one thing that I'm, I'm seeing is, is Mike Williams is now also day-to-day from the COVID uh, – yeah. was added to the COVID list. So you're talking about a Chargers team that is going to have to lean heavily on Eckler, it looks like. Uh, 
and because probably most likely with this COVID situation, they're um, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are both going to be out. You know, we're looking now maybe at like some third, um, you know, third wide receivers, fourth wide receivers having to be one and two. So, you know, that could open up a door to uh, give Giants that extra, you know, edge to maybe be able to stick in this game. And as you said, you know, Jake Fromm is getting the start. We don't know who Jake Fromm is. We don't know how good, like how bad or good he could be. And that those are the, these are the type of games that, those kind of quarterbacks just come in, show up. We saw it this year with um, who was it? Cooper Rush from the Cowboys, Mike White, the one game against the Bengals. You know, so it's not like this is the, the craziest thing to you know think that oh the the Giants, you know, Jake Fromm dumping five yard passes to Saquon Barkley and burning up the left side of the field for eighty yard touchdowns is that you know unfathomable to happen and keep this game close, especially with how banged up the chargers are going to be. They're inconsistent. I think from, you know, some, I feel like from what I just see as just a viewer, when the giants travel out West to California, I feel like they show up sometimes for no reason. Like they did last year. I remember against the Rams, they just, sometimes there's something about it. They just show, they, they travel well as an organization out West. So I just wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I think it's a large number at ten and a half. And Chargers can sometimes just play to their competition a lot specifically as well. So I, I don't I don't exactly hate you leaning on the Giants here, specifically because of all these Chargers, especially their wide receivers being um, on COVID. Now, if everyone was healthy for the Chargers, I think it's an absolute route. But right now, that that could throw a little bit of a wrench in a covering scenario. Yeah, and it's interesting, you know the the. Uh development of our, our our thoughts like throughout the week like i know you and i both i think on monday we're both like oh i think we have to take the chargers this week in circa um but Absolutely. you know now you know whenever you step back and you examine some things and some of the some of the elements of the game ahead you know your you know your thoughts change right um mm-hmm. and that's why if you have a bullish early feeling about a game you take an early line maybe that line moves in a direction that you could take the other side and you can middle it so that's always a it's always a good thought Okay, 49ers at the Bengals, Steve. Talk about a tough game. This is a pick 'em. Totals at 48 and a half. What do you got here? Well, at, at one point, um, this game, well, I think now it actually moved. Uh, San Francisco's minus one and a half now on Bet Online. Did, did you say it was a pick 'em? I said it was a pick 'em, yeah. But, yeah. you know, that was like at one o'clock. So, right. Yeah. So it's moved now uh, tremend- tremendously back now to the San, San Francisco. Um, which and earlier when I was looking at lines, I had uh, the Bengals at minus one as well earlier in the week on Tuesday, I believe. So this 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 line is now starting to move back towards the 49ers, um, which, you know, the, these are this is definitely a, a tough game because you kind of have to think like, all right, the Bengals really just got blown out. So now are they going to show back up? Um, at home. So I think that's a good spot for them being at home. 49ers have seemed to be up and down as well. They were kind of hot going into last week's game on the road against Seattle and then obviously had that had that letdown there. But having to travel two two weeks in a row now, the Bengals now are getting points at one and a half, which I, I like because they're being at home. And I just feel like the Bengals, you know, really got blown out to the point where they have to absolutely show back up this week. The AFC uh, West is such a tight uh, contest right now. They they absolutely have to have this win to, to stay back in it. To even, we're looking at it down the road. They 
the Bengals are on on the cusp of even not even getting that third wild card spot. They have to win because that that race in the AFC West is going to be so tight to get that third wild card spot, let alone even try to win the division right now. So Bengals absolutely have to have this win. They just got blown out, and I just think they're gonna step um, step it up for this game, and they can take care of the Niners at home. Yeah, this is such a such a tough game, man. I mean, when I think about 49ers and Bengals, I think about like the Joe Montana era, you know. It's just just not used to seeing these two teams face each other. Um, so Burrow dislocated his right pinky, should be okay. Uh, I think he's gonna play through it. Uh, that's at least what he says. You know, Burrow's a pretty tough dude. Uh Joe Mixon a little banged up too, but probably play. And on the 49ers side, uh Eli Mitchell under under concussion protocol. So I'm not sure if the running back is gonna play. Uh, and then Debo Samuel, who is a big part of that offense, is day-to-day but hopes to play with a growing injury. So a bunch of guys banged up, but they should all probably play. This is just a really tough one, man. Like you said, both mm-hmm. teams coming off a loss that they probably didn't see. I mean, they, they knew those were going to be tough games, but both teams probably expected to win. Uh, San Francisco still. San Francisco is like one of the – they're like – they're like the Spurs to me in basketball. I, I just can't get a damn handle on this team. I mean, sometimes – you look at them and they're up oh, Super Bowl contender, you know, Super Bowl contender. Mm. And then other times it's like, well, you know, they're going to shit the bed against the Seahawks who have been shitting the bed against everybody in the league before that. I don't know. I, I just, this is one of those games too. I'll probably have better insight at, at it as the week goes on, as I get a little more time to look at it. Uh, right now, I would, I would take your side too, Steve. I kind of lean to the over two. Um, you know, I think, I think both these teams are going to be looking to get after it this week after losing last week. And they're both predicated on on good offenses. So um, I kind of like the over in this one. We'll have to check the weather on that one. But no play on the side for now. All right, another big game, Steve. To talk about another tough game. Uh, now, Tom Brady has absolutely owned the Bills. But Tom Brady was also on the Patriots for almost 20 years. So that's why Tom Brady has owned the, owned the Bills. Bills coming off that loss against the Pats. Uh, I could say a lot about that. That was an awesome game to watch just because it was so crazy. Uh, Bucks minus three and a half at home. Totals of 53 and a half. I just want to talk through this one, man. I mean, on the one hand, you got Tom Brady and the Bucks, who to me are quietly, are like quietly ascending. You know, everyone's talking about everyone else. Aaron Rodgers and his damn pinky toe. And, you know, and, you know, the Chiefs are back and, uh, you know, the Bills, the Patriots. Everyone's talking about the Patriots right now, Steve. But who's talking about those sneaky, quiet little bucks who are just winning, winning, winning? They won three in a row since that loss to Washington. They're right in position again to at least compete with Arizona and Green Bay for that top spot. Uh, and on the other hand, Bills off that loss to the Patriots. I mean, if you're if you're the Bills, if you're any player on the Bills, if you're Josh Allen, if you're Sean McDermott as, as, as the coach, you are so pissed. I mean, you're pissed after that loss because you wanted to beat the Pats more than anything at home, and you couldn't do it. You couldn't stop a team that only threw the ball three times. So you got to think the Bills are motivated, but the Bills are also going down to Florida, and they're going to Tampa, and they're facing Tom Brady, who they hate just as much as Bill Belichick. Oh, man, Steve, this is a lot of competing shit. And on top of it, the number is right where it is that makes you want to just you know, it makes it even more confusing at three and a half, just over three, just under four. So just over a field goal. I kind of like the over in this one because I expect the Bills after being so pedestrian last week in some spots this year to at least compete. These Bucks games have been going over. The Bucks are scoring points. 
Um, but I still have to lean to the Bucks because I don't think anyone is really thinking about the Bucks. I know the Bills are pissed, but I don't. I'm not sure how good the Bills are, man. I mean, I, they the Bills against uh, against teams with winning records. The Bills haven't won, Steve. Bills have yeah. not beat a good team all year. They have not, and now they have to go to Tampa and they have to face the Tampa Bay Bucks and Tom Brady. I still lean to the Bucks, even though I kind of wanted to take the Bills off that loss. Yeah, I mean, we saw what happened last time the uh, Bills traveled to Florida against Jacksonville. Um, looked very pedestrian there. So maybe they got it out of the way this week. Uh, I mean, last week. Uh, the one one key thing I'm looking at is just, you know, 66% of the bets are on the on the Bucks, And that line opened at four and it's at three and a half now. So, mm. you know, a little bit of a reverse line movement on there for what it's worth. Uh, this could be one of those sneaky games that the Bills just, you know, take it down to the wire. And, and uh, you know, Brady, one and a half minutes left, goes down, gets the field goal, wins it. We still cover it three and a half. So uh, I think this is an absolute crucial game for the Bills. The, the Bills are really gunning, I guess, at this point, uh, a wild card spot. Uh, you know, they, they if you look at the Patriots schedule versus the Bills schedule, it's oh, yeah. very favorable for the for the Patriots. And getting that one road win against the Bills right now has really gave the Patriots a leg up. The Bills schedule is a lot tougher coming down the stretch now than the Patriots. So the Bills are really maybe gunning for a wild card spot, maybe looking to get at a uh, a ten a ten win type of uh, season because I know they have a, another another tough one coming up. I believe. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I think a, another tough one coming up in the next couple of weeks as well. So having said all that, I think they have to absolutely show up this week, especially getting it at this key number over three. I'm going to lean on the bills. I really do like what you said about gunning on the over here. I think this could be an absolute shootout because we got to see the bills bounce back on offense to be putting up points. And we know Brady and that offense hasn't really been slowing down this year, uh, especially with the likes of uh, leaning on Fournette a lot as well. Yeah. I think the bucks would have been even scarier if Antonio Brown could keep his shit together, but mm-hmm. I mean, he was killing it at the start of the year. That's going to be such an interesting game. I, I think that's, I think that's the 425 game too. All right, Bears at the Packers, Steve. Uh, Packers minus 12 and a half, totals of 43. What do you got here? Well, I mean, it's what Rogers said already this year. I own you, right? That's what that's what he does. He dominates the Bears. Uh, uh, Bears coach just came out and said, uh, Matt Nagy said that Fields will be starting this week. So looking for the rookie to come back off of the, the cracked rib injuries. Um, tough spot to come back in. Now you're going to be traveling into Lambeau on Sunday night football. Um, in the cold after having some cracked ribs, that's not going to probably bode well too well um, f- for him there. We are at uh, we are at our key numbers of seventy five percent of the seventy nine percent of the bets are on the Packers, but I think it's for good reason here. It's at twelve and a half. It's a big line, but the Packers are in go mode now because they have to compete that wild card spot the first round not wild card spot the the first uh the first round bye in the division we, remember we only get one of them now so they they're competing with the um the cardinals they have that game up on them beating them they got to keep matching the cardinals and they won't know what the cardinals are going to do until monday so they can't get ahead of themselves i think the, the packers come out sunday night football kind of wish they would have been able to flex the bucks bills game in here for sunday night football or something maybe a little better than this one 
but it is what it is. I like Packers. I like Aaron Rodgers. I think they're going to absolutely throttle the Bears. Yeah, me too. I mean, you know, just to play contrarian here for a little bit. So totals low, and the side and the ATS is so high, right? So, I mean, I you know, you could see some kind of sneaky thing here, like Justin Fields gets a touchdown in the fourth quarter, twenty eight seventeen. You know, Packers win some shit like that. But so that that scares me a little bit in in a divisional game. But that being said, Chicago four and eight ATS, two and four on the road. Packers off a bye, and they're competing for first. And what is not to like about the Green Bay Packers so far? This is a team that is five and zero against the spread at home. They are the best ATS team in the NFL. They're ten and two. Now again, this this line is is they're they're being properly lined now at this point, right? You have to pay a premium if you want to pick the Packers. But mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have owned the Bears, as he said and as you said, Steve. So you know this line is right to me. It kind of feels like the Rams and Jags last week. Like if you got to go to Lambeau Field. If they're the number one seed in the playoffs, good luck. I think this could be the Packers' year if the Bucs don't get in there. Uh, there's just such disparity here, man. Like, you talk about power ratings. I mean, there's no further disparity. I mean, maybe the Packers and the Jags, uh, the Packers and the Jets, but Packers and Bears, even in the same division, is pretty big. I still have to lean towards the Packers, and I don't think it's a bad pick. Like, if we wanted to throw this in Circa, do you feel scared about it? Do you, I, I, I really don't. I feel, I mean, it, it's at the end of the day, it's Green Bay, and it's a much better team. Yep. All right. Rams at the Cardinals. Let's end this one with a huge one. Monday Night Football, are, are uh, Mr. Eli and Payton going to be there? I'm not sure yet. Oh, I have no idea, actually, for I, that one. I hope so. I, I, I haven't really truly listened to crowd noise uh, for, like, a Monday Night game in some time because I'll always tune into them. Uh, but anyway, talk about a tough game, Steve. Uh, Cardinals minus one and a half at home. Totals of 51. Very Basically a pick em. I mean, the Rams feeling good about themselves now after thrashing the Jags. Cardinals, they just keep winning, Steve. We did it again last week. We went against the Cardinals. They yeah. just keep winning. They win, yeah. they cover, they win, they cover. Um, last time the Cardinals and the Rams faced off early in the season, the Cardinals ran all over the Rams. Uh, they ran for over 200 yards, won 37 to 20. Uh, stats were pretty even other than that, but they ran all over them. They made bigger plays. Kyler looks healthy. Both teams actually look very healthy. Uh, I want to take the cards, but here's the thing, Steve. This is one of those sneaky spots for me where Sean McVay and his offense starts clicking. Mm-hmm. I remember last year when the Rams faced the Bucks, and everybody was on the Bucks. I think the Bucks were minus four, minus five, maybe even minus six. And I, I was on the Rams, had that same sneaky feeling about it. McVay is going to be prepared for this game. Uh, you know, I don't think a, a team like the Cardinals, especially a team like the Cardinals who beat the Rams before, the Rams are not going to allow the same production from the Cards. The Rams are still a good rushing defense. I don't know, man. I'm kind of leaning to the Rams here, and this might be a premium pick for me because something, I can't explain it. I got to look more into it. I got to do more research, et cetera. But the Rams in these kind of spots towards the end of the season, we haven't seen. We don't know it from the Cardinals yet, right? The Cardinals have looked good before, and then they kind of stumble at the end of the year, right? Uh, and, and it's not its not like the Cardinals were facing a great team last week in the Bears. This is a great team. This is a team that's capable of beating some of the best teams in the NFL. I think McVay, Stafford, they're kind of back on track after that beatdown and feeling good about themselves. I lean the Rams, man. I, I think I think the Rams could pull this out in a little revenge game here. And that's exactly what I think too. Um, you know, McVeigh after having that 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 first uh, meetup this year, 
getting that game film to see what the how the Cardinals are playing them this year. Let's see what type of coach he is, what kind of adjustments they're going to make. I think it's going to be a completely different script this go-around. Um, the line itself opened at two and a half. It's now down to two with 68% of the bets on the Cardinals. So that's kind of giving you a little bit of reverse line movement right there as well. So that kind of gives us a nod in the direction of the Rams as well. Um, you know, th- this is this is the type of game that it could very well just come down to that last possession. I think it's going to be a lot closer. The, the Cardinals came in to L.A. the first meeting this year and just it, they got the lead and ran away with it. It wasn't wasn't even close. It was very comfortable for them the whole time. Now we're getting more into a uh, playoff football style uh, mentality. We're getting near the end of the year. And I think the Rams are definitely going to show up. They they have some uh, new weapons that the uh, Cardinals didn't have to, to cover and defend, you know, and Odell. Let's see what kind of progress and what, what he starts to do going forward. So, and um, Correct me if I'm wrong. Are the Rams coming off of a bye as well? Or, no, no, they played the uh, Jags. That's right. right. <laughs> yeah, basically, basically a bye. <laughs> yeah, so they had a bye against the Jags. So, no, that was a good warm-up game coming. So they didn't fall for the uh, the, the trap game with the Jags. They stayed on the course for that one, and they're going to be amped up, ready to go here because, you know, we still got a lot of football left, and, you know, crazier things can happen where the Rams are very well still competing for that division. Absolutely. Okay, Steve, we're at that point in the show – what is your big bulls bet of the week? Who's the dog you're taking? Are you going to take? I, I think uh, the the one that I was attesting to earlier was I, I really like. Uh, I think I like the Falcons. I think they have uh, just better overall quarterback, better overall offense now, especially with Christian McCaffrey not being in for the Panthers. I, I just don't see how Cam Newton's going to really be able to throw and move the ball. Granted, yes, the Falcons secondary. I've dogged them the whole year. I think they could at least make some plays here to um, to take care of uh, the, the Panthers on the road. Yeah, I got to be honest, man. I'm I'm not going to force myself into that spot. I don't think there's any dogs that I love to win. Yeah, it's I tough. Mean, maybe, it really is. It's, yeah. a, it's a really tough week. I mean, maybe they cover, right? Like maybe the Giants cover, maybe the Jags cover. I, I don't know. But uh, nothing is jumping off the page for me as a bet I really want to take in a dog straight up. Uh, yeah, maybe, this, maybe the Steelers. I mean, I don't know if the Vikings shit the bed on primetime, but um, I can't put it. How about, how about teasers, Steve? You like any teasers? Uh, I haven't really looked, honestly, uh, for any teasers that I specifically would like to play or anything like that. But, I mean, you, you got to just take Giants' money line, man. Georgia Georgia Dog and J- uh, Jake Fromm, he's a dog. They're dogs. Just got to ride the dogs, man. Sprinkle? Sprinkle on the Giants? <laughs> yeah. You never know, man. <laughs> right? Yeah. At, the end of, at the end of the day, um, it, it is gambling to an extent, right? So you true. Can, it is gambling. You might as well take a shot here and there. You can take some value at ten and a half and enjoy your Giants game. It's about the only yeah. dog I spoke I spoke somewhat highly of this week as it has a chance. What kind of money line we got here on them? Oh man, that's that's got to be it has to be over five at least over it has to be over four fifty at least four ten four ten yeah let's that, go plus four ten that feels four ten is good I thought it was gonna be I thought it was gonna be even bigger than that I guess, oh. you know it depends on the book um for me I I, I want to tease up the Rams I think and I want to tease down the Chiefs. I mean, I could also probably che- uh, tease down the uh, the Broncos as well. Um, so, the, you know, teasing down the Chiefs is pretty square, but I think teasing up the sharp and teasing down the Broncos could be pretty sharp. Uh, so three things I'm looking at, but, but man, talk about getting just beat down. I mean, I, I had, the, again, I had the Vikings last week in a teaser, and that was brutal. So I'm not, not exactly uh, on the edge of my seat to keep on betting teasers. All right, everybody. Well, 
thank you again for tuning in, for listening. Uh, our circuit plays will go out Sunday as they always do, but probably between 9 and 10 a.m., which is basically the one day I can sleep in a little bit and then I just wake up and put them out. Um, pay attention to Steve and I on Twitter at Snorm Snorm, at Chris R. Farley one all the things you see scrolling below. Thank you so much for your support. We're going to keep chugging along and I don't know what you guys all do in your spare time, but if you pray, say a prayer for us, say some thoughts for us, send some good vibes our way. Steve, we're in it and Circa. We're in it. Oh, let's finish strong, man. Let's finish strong. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for all your support. Really appreciate it. Right. Thanks, guys. Let's go. fucking go.